what's up everybody? This is the Master Passive Income Show. My name is Dustin Heiner and I show people how to quit their jobs by investing in real estate rental properties so they never ever have to work a job again. Now today, we are gonna talk about hard money lending and how you can use hard money, that's basically borrowing some from somebody for short term, for a very short while, not like 30 years, but for like six months or a year. But then borrow that hard money, not put any of your own money into the deal, and turn that into a long-term asset like a rental property. So I'm super excited to bring on this expert in hard money. This is somebody that actually can explain it well because most hard money lenders cannot explain it well. Well, let's get into the show where we're gonna talk about hard money and how to turn hard money into a long-term cash flow asset. All right, guys, let's start the show. Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about all aspects of real estate rental properties with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. So we now, I am going to bring on a gentleman who has been investing for many, many years. I think he started in 1995. Like I think it was like six, no, 10 years before I did. Started investing in 1995. And now he has loads and loads of properties. He even flips properties. He wholesales properties. And he does hard money lending. On top of the hard money lending, he wants to help investors like us get started. Now, I have so many people ask me, well, I don't have any money. How do I get started? Well, I'll be completely honest with you. Hard money could be a great option. Now, I know you might be thinking, oh my goodness, hard money costs a lot of money. They charge excessive you know, interest rates, like 15%. Well, here's the thing. If you don't even have any money, you can't get a loan, how are you gonna be making money? It doesn't matter if it costs 15% or it costs you you know, like five points to get the loan. If you don't get the loan, you don't get the deal. So what's gonna happen is you're gonna get these hard money loans and then turn those into long-term rental properties by refinancing it, pull the money out, and your tenants. That's right, your tenants are paying your property manager fees, your taxes, your insurance, and the hard money that you're actually borrowing, all those points, all that interest, your tenants are going to be paying those as well. And I wanna give you a free real estate investing course. I want you to text the word rental to 33777. Grab your phone right now and type in rental and text it to 33777 and I will personally receive that and send you my free ebook, my free course that's gonna be how to make money investing in real estate. It's a way to make money buying rental properties and making money every single month. It's my free course that I wanna give you. Text the word rental to 33777. All right, now let's jump into today's show where we're gonna be talking to Ryan Wright and he's gonna show us how to take hard money and turn that into long-term assets and have all that money coming in and passive income. All right, let's start the interview now. Hey everybody, thank you so much for being here at the Master Passive Income Show. I am super excited to have somebody with me. His name's Ryan Wright and he talks about hard money. He's an investor himself and so I'm super excited to bring this expert on to show you guys about all this great stuff about how to get extra funding. So Ryan, thank you so much for being here on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here, Dustin. Yeah, great. So you have IncomeHacker.com, as well as many other businesses. So tell me a little bit about 
yourself, your businesses, and how you got started investing in real estate? Yeah. Um, well, maybe I should just start when I start investing in real estate. Maybe I should start with that question. Um, you know, I don't know if I really had a choice. It was kind of like in the DNA, in the genes. You know, my grandfather was a HVAC contractor and, you know, he would buy a house and fix it up and sell it or, you know, move into one and do the renovation and sell it. Um, my dad was a chiropractor and he kind of saw some of that and said, I'm going to buy some duplexes. And so he'd buy a duplex or a fourplex and fix it up and you convert a fourplex into a sixplex. And so I spent my, you know, summers doing that. Um, you know, fixing those properties up. Sometimes we've been working with my grandpa, getting electrocuted sometimes, um, doing, do, learning how to do things uh, with the electrical in a house. Um, and so, you know, it was kind of just like, that's just what you did. Um, now, everybody still had a, a day job, if you will, you know, a way to put food on the table. But it was always thinking about the long term, you know, the value of houses going up um, or properties going up, the rental, the passiveness of it and that type of stuff. So it was just kind of kind of in the DNA. So I bought my first property when I was 21 years old, about a duplex, turned it into a threeplex. And uh, I just knew the, the way to wealth was real estate um, and the way to freedom was real estate. And so that's, I, I was fortunate, you know, I was really lucky that, um, you know, my parents were reading, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad and trying to teach us those principles, you know, and this is back 1995, you know, this was like before it was popular, before anybody talked about it. Um, there was, wasn't podcasts like there are today, th those types of things. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's kind of how I got my start. That's fantastic. Especially back in 1995. I mean, I graduated high school in 1997. And so I was not even thinking about any of this stuff. I was actually working with my dad. He was a contractor. And so we were building and framing homes on the, the blistering hot heat in the summer, like 110 degrees, building up frames for the houses, everything like that. So yeah, I got started, but we didn't know about passive income. So that's awesome that you got started so early now. <laughs> Now you started investing and now you've also looked at how to actually not just invest, but also invest money. Now you talk about hard money. I want to, and we'll talk more about, about real estate investing and stuff, but let's jump into hard money. Tell us a little bit, uh, basically what is hard money and why would we ever use hard money? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's this whole principle of using other people's money, right? So it's, it's called a concept called leverage. You know, if you want to be, move a big boulder, you can push on it all you want. But if you get a lever that's long enough and strong enough and you start, you know, yanking on it, you've got this whole principle of leverage. And uh, that's what uh, capital um, allows you to do is to leverage. Um, and that can be good and it can be bad depending upon what your goals and what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, but the idea of hard money is that it's not hard to get and it's not hard, you know, it, it's... It's lending on a hard asset is really what it comes down to, where we're lending on a tangible asset. So a hard money lender doesn't look at, if, if you go to the, down the street to Bank of America or Chase or Wells Fargo or whatever, you know, I'm not picking on anybody. You go in there and say, I want a loan. They're going to say, tell me about your job and how long have you been here and tell me about your credit scores and tell me about your, you know, so they're basically looking at what we call soft assets. They're looking at the probability of you being able to repay the loan based upon your historical performance. And based upon that, they say, yeah, we'll give you the loan. And they're going to want you to put like 3% down or something like that. If you go down the road to a hard money lender and you say, hey, I want to buy a home, 
they're going to first say, well, we're not going to lend to you if you're going to owner occupied because we don't want to lend to owner occupied. And secondly, we're looking all for equity. We don't care if you have a job or any of those types of things. How much is the house worth and how much are you buying it for? And if they're spread there, that's what gives us the uh, liquidity or knowing that we're in a secured position because there's equity. And that's lending on the hard asset rather than the soft assets of the ability of someone to repay. Because if they can't repay, we're going to sell the property and get repaid that way. Um, so we're strictly looking at the hard asset, not the soft assets. And that's how we how we analyze deals. So the, the hard asset is basically the property, the soft asset, like hard money, the property, soft money lending is basically I'm the asset to the bank, may giving yeah. them money is what it really comes down to if I can't actually pay it back. Absolutely. Got it. Now, tell us more about use, utilizing hard money um, to invest and uh what are the what are the terms like? What are the interest rates like? How much is it going to cost? Like, give us the the nuts and bolts of like just say your hard money, but just in general yeah. hard money yeah, in yeah, general, yeah. but also your hard money uh, company as well. Yeah, I think there's lots of ways um, to use hard money, and um, some people would say hard money is expensive, and um, the it's really not expensive if it allows you to do deals that you wouldn't otherwise be able to do. So I think you always have to look at things as what does this allow me to do that I wouldn't otherwise be able to do? And what's the return on investment I'm going to get? You know, for example, um, if you wanted to go buy a property, fix a property up and sell it, you're probably going to have to get some hard money or get a line of credit or something like that in order to buy that property. Because if you want to go to Bank of America, they're not going to give you a loan on a property that needs work. So if you're trying to do fix and flip type stuff, and I know you're, you're, um, a lot of your focus obviously is cash flowing properties, right? You know, buying houses and that type of stuff. And back when I first got started, um, I would, I didn't realize, um, this was before I was into hard money. I didn't realize that there was hard money available out there, you know, where I could just go get the money. I could do things and it would have helped me so much if I would have had access to that money. Um, but one of the things I did is I got 80, 20 loans. And so back then, this was before the, the 2008 burst, I could go get a subprime loan and I could get 80% from the first lender and 20% from the second lender and get 100% financing on a property that I was going to purchase. And the only reason that was there is because they had all the no-doc loans. And if you can fog a mirror, you can get a loan and those things. And I had good credit in those things. Um, but I was able to take advantage of that alternative paper that's not available today, that's kind of like outlawed today to buy rental properties. And so I think a great way for your listeners that they can use hard money is get a hard money lender, buy a property, get the purchase, get the rehab all rolled into that, and then go refinance with a traditional bank once the property's in that type of shape. And you have little to know of your own capital in there. And, and I should say, there's there's not a lot of true hard money lenders out there. You know, there's private money, hard money, all this type of stuff. But a hard money lender is really looking at the assets. There's a lot of people say, hey, I'm a hard money lender, but I want 20% down. And you have to have good credit. And you have to have a good experience. And you have to have flipped properties or held a portfolio. Uh, there are true hard money lenders that say, we don't really care about those things as long as we're into the deal right. And that can help someone really get started or jumpstart into getting passive income. If they can get into a property with little to no money, um, that's really what the thing that we get excited about is, you know, zero down investing or as close to it as possible. So you touched on something that was, I want to go after is when you talk about not utilizing somebody's credit, but utilizing the property and knowing that the property is actually a good deal. Tell us more about that because a lot of people that get into properties, I actually uh, pause that. I love buying properties from people who don't know what they're doing. They buy an investment <laughs> property. They don't know how to make money at it. They don't know how to keep tenants in there, all that sort of stuff. And they hate it. They just want to get rid of it. 
I'm like, I'll buy it from you. And so I buy it for much cheaper because they don't know what the asset that they have. They didn't buy it right, didn't start the business, didn't do that, anything right. Now you said that you would help or uh, you want to make sure that the it's actually making money. It's a good deal. Tell us about that. Yeah, I think that when you're an asset-based lender, it's really what's this property worth or what it, would it be worth if certain things were done to the property? So we like to look at things on an after-repaired value, which is a little bit of an art and a science. Um, so we say, hey, what are things selling for that are fixed up in good condition? How much will it cost to get in that good condition? And then how much are you buying it for? So typically, if you're going to be buying a property, let's say the property after repaired value is $100,000, just to keep numbers round. The max amount that most real true asset-based lenders are going to do is 70% of that. So we'd lend you, say, $70,000 if the property's worth $100,000. Now, if you could buy the property for $50,000 and put $20,000 worth of repair into it, then we could get you a loan for the full 70 and you might have to come up with a few thousand dollars for closing costs or something like that. Um, and so that's how something like that would work. Um, is, you know, we could do up to 70% in most cases. And, and if you could get the, if you could get it even less, if you could buy it for $45,000, then we may be able to finance your, um, all of the money for the rehab, all the money for the purchase and finance some of those closing costs. And so that's kind of the ideal situation, especially if I'm looking for cash flow is how can I get cash flow? But how can I get cash flow without a big investment on my part? So the least amount of money I can put into that property, refinance out of that, my ROI on that becomes infinite. Um, and it allows me the ability to go do that deal again um, and, and do it again and do it again. Keep keep using the hard money, get, take out financing, and you can keep rolling it and keep growing that uh, the passive income that uh, that you're after. Yeah. And the ROA, like you said, is the return on investment. And so basically, if you have no money of your own in the deal, it's all borrowed money from hard money. Then this is what Ryan said a few minutes ago. Get a hard money loan to get the property. And then you don't have any money in the deal. Then you get it rented out. You used all the hard money. Then within five, six months, you refinance it with an actual bank, pull the equity out, pay off the hard money, and then you actually have a property. You don't have zero dollars. That makes your return on investment infinite because you have no money in the deal and you're making money and you have a property that's the tenants are paying the taxes, paying in the insurance, paying the property manager fees, paying all that sort of stuff, and you're making money. So like what Ryan said was, if you think about hard money as being expensive, well, yeah, I mean, compared to getting a bank loan, where it's going to be hard to do if you have one or two, three, four properties, they might not like to give you a loan. Or you can go to a hard money lender, get the property under contract. Remember, the tenants are paying for all this sort of stuff. You make sure it's all accounted for in your purchase. Then you use the hard money, buy the property, refinance it. You still don't have any money. Aside from that, if you didn't have the hard money, and you just didn't buy the property. You have nothing. Like you literally have nothing. You use hard money, even though it might cost some money. It's going to cost you money to not actually get the deal where it's going to be not bringing money in. So Ryan, what would a normal hard money lender charge for points or for the fee of using the money? What is the normal rate that somebody would watch out for? You know, it's going to be all over the board. So I, it, it's hard to say. I mean, with experience and those types of things, it could be low as two or three points with brand new and more risk it could be five or six points. It really just depends. Interest rates are going to range from 12% to 18%. Um, you're going to be looking from two or three points up to five or six points, depending on the deal, the risk, those types of things. It's going to depend on where in the country you are. Um, but I think it's important that um, your listeners understand 
The reason why banks are able to charge a 5% interest rate is because they're borrowing the money from the Federal Reserve at zero or they're even get, getting paid to borrow the money. So literally the Federal Reserve is saying, hey, we're going to give you money and if you use it, we'll give you more money to pay you to help to, to use the money because they want to keep the whole economy buzzing and moving and those types of things. When you're dealing with a hard money type loan, it's usually private individuals or it may be hedge funds that are actually putting up the cash. And so we're not getting all that money, right? As a lender, I'm not getting that money. I've got to pay the investors and the investors want to get a good rate of return. And they've got to get a much a far superior rate of return than they could get with other investors because they're taking on risk because you're not putting any money into the deal. So you've got to think of this when when um, I do a loan, if you if you don't come up with any money or very little money, who really has the risk in this thing? And so you're paying for a risk transfer. Um, if you don't have any money into it and I'm charging a five or six points, that's actually a pretty dang good deal because you don't have any money into the thing. Now, if you want to put up a bunch of cash and risk 20,000, 30,000 your own money, you're going to pay less in origination fees and points. So it's always this risk reward type thing. And as a lender, we're just looking at it saying who's taking on the most risk. And if we're putting up all the money, we're taking on most of the risk. But again, if you don't have the money to put up and it allows you to do a deal that you would have never done before. Uh, look, I had a guy that called me. Um, he bought a property for me, a wholesale the property like 10 years ago. And he bought it and he kept it and he rented it. And he called me just the other day. And I haven't talked to him in years. And he just called and was like, you know what? I bought this property from you 10 years ago. It's tripled in value. The rents have gone up. It was the best decision that I ever made. And I just wanted to call and thank you. The guy's named Matt. And he's just like, thank you so much for letting me buy that property from you. And I scratched my head. I'm like, man, I should have kept that property is what I said to him. But you know, you make decisions in, in hindsight, it's always 2020. But it's just really important to realize that the reason why it's more expensive is because it's private individuals and it's not getting money getting paid from the federal government in order to borrow money from them. That's a great point. Don't get me started on the Federal Reserve. I, I think I'm just, <laughs> yeah, we can we'll quickly move past that because I get irritated thinking about what the Federal Reserve does. All that's to say, um, you brought up something earlier on that if you got a hard money loan and then knew that you're going to refinance it right out of it with an actual bank, because a lot of people get concerned. Well, hard money loans are short-term loans. What's going to happen after I, I, you know, I don't pay it back or whatever it might be. Tell us the idea of if we're going to use hard money and walk us through the steps, use hard money to buy rental property and then know that we're going to refinance it, put it into a bank, making sure that we can get all the, everything locked in so that, you know, step one, step two, step three to where we actually have a property with a 30 year fixed loan with the bank going from hard money to there. Can you give us some steps on how to do that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's just assume that you've found a property, right? So you found a property, you've got it under contract, you've done your comps, you know that there's value in it. Um, then the first thing the hard money lender is going to do is, he, and this is a really a, important point, a hard money lender is really like your last line of defense. So especially if you're new, not only do they provide the capital that other people wouldn't and provide all these opportunities, but a hard money lender is also going to look at the situation and, be, and see what they think the risk is. So they're then going to value the property and they may come back and this happens uh, occasionally where we come back and say, we don't think this is a good deal. And as a new investor, you're like, oh, thank you for telling me, like, I don't want to get into a bad deal. But if the hard money lender comes back and says, you found a smoking deal, you're like, heck yeah. So it can be your last line of defense and give you some confidence. Because if you think about it, the hard money lender is going to put their money up on this thing. They want to make dang sure it's a good deal. 
And so that's, that's comforting, especially if you're just getting started. So even if you had some of the money, you're going to be money ahead by getting a hard money lender to work with you um, to do some of these deals to help build confidence and make sure you're into it. So the first thing that's going to happen is valuation. That's the first thing that's going to happen. Make sure the values are actually there. The second thing that it's going to go into is then it's contractor bids. So then we want to vet contractors to make sure the contractor is legit. We want to look through the pricing to make sure the pricing is good. And this is an area people get in trouble all the time. They find the cheapest contractor, the loan closes, they, the cheapest contractor walks away with money and they're in trouble. So we do a lot of vetting. We want to make sure the contractor's licensed. We want to make sure they're insured. We want to know they've done other jobs. We want to make sure their industry prices, if it's too low or too high, those are both concerns. Um, but you just don't want the cheapest contractor out there. So then we want to do a contractor vet and a bid vetting. And then if that passes that, then the deal actually closes. Um, once that closes, then you're doing draws on that money for the rehab to make sure that rehab gets done, get the contractor paid. And project management is its own thing. Um, we actually have project managers that work with our borrowers. That's another reason why you pay for the points. Um, we have project managers that's working to make sure vetting the contractor and then also working through it. And then as you run into problems, the project managers, you know, these are seasoned general contractors. Um, you know, they're, they're there to help you. Hey, we ran into a problem. What do we do? Well, let's do this or let's do this to help you modify along the way. And then once that work is done, then the next step then, if you're trying to do a cash flow type investment, is then to put a tenant inside there. Um, and most hard money lenders, if you're doing that, are going to want an assignment of rents, um, which basically means that if you... If, if you're not paying them, then the tenant would pay them, which, which is totally common. There's nothing to worry about that. Uh, lots of times a hard money lender is going to want to talk to the, 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 um, or, or just going to want to have a copy of the lease, uh, to make sure the lease agreement's there. They're going to want to have the contact information for the tenant. Um, so if you screw up or do something, they'll know that. Um, and then from there, you've got, you can say, Hey, we're making cash flow. This is how much we're making. Um, or you may not be making cash flow if you've got a hard money lender yet, but you will once you refinance out. And then you can take the asset to a bank and say, okay, I'm getting rent. This is how much it is. I want a rate and term refinance is what it's called. Basically, I just want to get a new rate, a new interest rate, and I want to get a new term. I want to go a 30-year term because my current term is five months or six months or eight months. Um, I, I'll say this from a hard money lender, like there are some sharks out there that are like loan-to-own lenders where they just want to end up with the property. But most of those are going to require big down payments and lots of money and that type of stuff. If you've got somebody that's risking most of their money, they're probably not a loan to own lender and they want to see you succeed. You know, especially for us, like we don't want, um, we don't want property. We want our money back and a whole bunch more friends to come back with it. Like that's really what we're looking for as a lender. And then you go and get that property refinance. You've already got the tenant inside there. The work's already done. You refinance with a bank. That bank then go, you go to the closing table and sign. Once you sign, then they pay us off and you go about your way. Um, and I really recommend right now getting a 30 year fixed rent, interest rates are just so low. It's just incredibly low. Um, that even if some people are concerned, oh, am I overpaying for the property and those things? Yeah, maybe. Um, but with the interest rate, it makes up for all that. When I started buying my first rental properties, it was like eight and a half, nine percent interest rates. Um, you know, interest rates are like four percent now. It's less than half. So even if you pay more for the property, you make it up on terms. Um, so anyway, I, I hope that answers your question, Dustin. It does. And the the big key is, I would think that if somebody's going to use hard money. They should also look into getting pre-qualified for a loan at whatever dollar amount you might want to borrow. You know, uh, you want to make sure you have enough equity, 80 percent, because you're going to you're not going to be able to pull out 100 percent of the value if you're doing a refinance. 
anyway, so long story short, you want to make sure that you're pre-qualified. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's really helpful for somebody. But keep in mind, you can also sell the property. Um, I think a lot of people, so obviously if you're building your cash flow and following Dustin's amazing system of building that cash flow, um, then you want to, you want to make sure you're pre-qualified because you want to keep that property. But let's just say you got pre-qualified and the bank goes out of business or blows up or who knows what. Um, just sell the property, just put it in there. And you could sell the property with a tenant in there as a cash flowing property, or you could sell the property without a tenant in there to a homeowner. Um, so the, there's multiple exit strategies with that. Um, so I don't think you want to get too caught up in the um, oh no factor. Um, I think you want to get help, get people around you, get a good team, get a good lender that's going to work with you and um, just keep moving forward with what cards you're dealt um, and play the best hand you can. And I know one fear that I had before I learned what hard money lenders actually did. I always thought I'd be like Jimmy the Wolf that would come around with a baseball bat and break my knees if I didn't pay him <laughs> back. So tell us about the downsides of, and I know it's not that, but tell us about yeah. the downsides of hard money lending and and what could actually happen negatively. Like, is they're going to come after all our money and all that stuff? Yeah, yeah. We don't use bats anymore. <laughs> um, thankfully, no, we never did. Um, so some of the downsides to that is you are with most hard money lenders. If you're not putting up any of your own money, if you're putting up tons of your own money, they won't require this, but most of them, you have a personal guarantee. Um, you're personally liable for that. And a lot of people say, well, it's hard money. They're not going to require it. Yeah, they are. Unless you're putting up a ton of money, there's going to be a personal guarantee. And even sometimes when you do, so you're, you're liable for that. Um, so the downside to that, here's what I can tell you. If you start getting yourself in trouble, the worst thing you can do is hide. Um, what we want to hear from people is communication. We want you in the deal. Hey, we're running into problems. Here's what's happening. Don't hide from your lender. Your lender's on your team. So you call us and say, we ran into a problem. Okay, what's the problem? Great. Let's get our project manager. Let's see what we can do. Let's find a new contract. Like, what can we do to help you? We want to be in this together to help you get through the other side. Um, so that's the best thing that you can do. The worst thing you can do is just hide from us. Then if you run into problems, hey, we're having a problem renting the property. We're having a problem selling the property. We're having a problem, you know, whatever the case is. Well, we want to help you. Hey, we've got agent friends. Let's make sure there's better pictures. Let's do this. Like we want to work together. Um, if you're working with us, we're probably not going to take that property from you. Um, I can't guarantee that. And legally, we would have the right to take it in lots of cases. But that's not our intention. If you think about us, if you're there and you're on the ground and you're dealing with it, well, if we take it back, we're going to have to do the exact same thing. So if you're working with us, then we'll do that. Um, and so we'll work with you, try and get the property resold or get the property rented and then sold or help you with the refinance, or maybe put you in touch with another lender. Communication and staying in the loop with us is the key, I should say, with us or any other lender. It's communication, staying on top of it. Um, if we don't want to see people giving up. We also don't want excuses. Um, we want to know, like, really, if you had a problem with the, the um, getting the building permits that you can document and say, hey, here's the problems with the building permits. Okay, great. Like, the more evidence you can show that you're just not joking around is really big for a lender. It's like, hey, we ran into a problem. Here's the documentation. Here's the picture. Here's the this. That builds trust in the relationship. And that's going to win you tons of points later if you run into a problem where they say, yeah, we'll give you a little extra time with this. But let's say worst, worst case scenario, you could, you could lose the property. Um, worst case scenario, a hard money lender is going to have the right to come in there and um, take the property back from you and go through a process to do that. And there's a variety of processes, um, but lots of times it's a traditional foreclosure. And uh, then you get the property, they get the property back and then they sell it. Um, and then if they sell it and lose money, they could then come after you and say, you owe us some money. Um, if you buy the property right, 
that typically doesn't happen very often at all. It would have to be a, a catastrophic event or a big, you know, the Michelin plant closes down and that's the only employer in the city and values go down considerably. Um, so that, that could happen, but I can tell you it doesn't happen a lot. And I don't think it's a reason to not invest. I think the risk of not getting cash flow is so, so, so much greater than the risk of having to, you know, lose a property to a lender. Um, so I think there's a huge opportunity cost there. I definitely, I mean, every single point you made, I completely agree with that. I think if you're going to, um, basically not having any, any of your own money in the deal, you want to be able to, or, if I were lending my money, I would want to make sure that I could be at least as best I can get it back. And one thing that you said that was really crucial, especially in any time you're working with your house, like I rent out plenty of properties. If the tenant literally does not talk to my property manager for, I don't know, two or three weeks that they haven't paid the rent, they still won't talk to them. I'm like, start the eviction. I don't, I, I don't know what's going on. So I don't know. So let's just get the process started. Same thing with, with you or with any hard money. If you're not communicating with letting them know what's going on, they don't know how to help. They're just like, we got to get our money back right away. Let's go ahead and go through the process of getting our money back. If you're there talking with them, they are more than likely going to do everything they can. Number one, to protect your money. Number two, to get the back. But number three, to take care of you. And they want the, they want to succeed. They want their business to succeed. They want you to succeed. So definitely. Yeah. I, like, I get a lot of people asking me, well, how do I get started? I don't have any money. Hard money lending is a great way to get started. Now, Another huge thing that I love about hard money lenders like Ryan here with do hard money, what he does is he also shows you if it's a good deal. He also, like he just said, walks through everything. Like they're basically going to be your right hand person, making sure that everything is done well because they want to protect their money. So I think that's fantastic. It's not like going to, you know, a pool hall and just walking to some guy that has a lot of money and gives you a bag. And then you have to come back and bring the bag with extra money, you know, a bag full of money and come back with extra money on top of that. It's not that they're partners with. They want to help you out. On top of that, you should already know. Like that's why I love real estate. I buy a property and I know automatically I'm going to be making at least two hundred fifty dollars or more. Everything I do in this business, I know what's going to happen. I'm not guessing. Just like appreciation, I'm not guessing if it's going to go up. I don't care because I invest in cash flow. Same thing. I'm going to if I'm going to use hard money. I'm going to know that I'm going to be able to refinance it right away. Like I have the bank already all set up. I have my loan broker already set up. They're ready. They know I'm not going to hide the fact that I'm using hard money. I'm going to say, this is the process I'm using. Are you okay with that? Or are you not? Like if I have it under my name and all that sort of stuff, like basically I'm going to let them know everything so that when it does come time for me to actually buy the property, go through the entire steps, I know everything's going to work out completely really, really well. So Ryan, what else or is there anything else that we should know about hard money before we get started? Yeah, I think you've got to, you touched on a point with the takeout financing. Some takeout financing are going to want you to hold the property for a year or two years before they actually do the refinance. So you want to make sure that you are working with somebody that says, we don't care about any seasoning on that. You know, maybe six month seasoning is what they have. That could work. Um, but I think it's really important to know that. The other thing is if you're work, if you're not working with a hard money lender, you're going to have a much harder time getting all your money back because when they do the refinance, it's not like, Hey, refinance and give me some extra cash out. The uh, most refinances are not going to do that. So let's say you got seven, let's say you got 50 grand for me and you put 20 grand of your own money into the property and it's $70,000. Most of the banks are going to refinance my $50,000, but they're not going to give you back your $20,000. So even if you do have some of that money, it's advantageous for you to get a hard money loan, 
so that you can then refinance all that money back out because most cases the banks aren't going to want to refinance money you put into the deal. They're going to want you to keep that skin into the game because the bank is basically saying, well, if somebody else took the risk, then we feel better about it um, because somebody else was willing to do this as well. So it's a rate and term refinance instead of refinance rather than a cash out refinance and a cash out refinance on a non-owner occupied property, unless it's free and clear and you're getting a line of credit is very, very difficult, if not impossible. That's a great, great, Ryan. So I, this has been super informative, and I really, really am glad that we met, that we got to be able to talk about hard money, because the in the past, working with other people with hard money, it hasn't been as an easy of a conversation to understand really what it comes down to. A lot of hard money lenders I've come across, like they, they, they feel like you should already know what you're talking about before you talk to them, <laughs> which is like, man, it's just... Like, I'm trying to figure this out. You're not making it any easier for me to figure it out. So I really appreciate you being able to boil everything down to help us to understand it. Ah, it's my pleasure. I love what you're doing. I think cash flow is king. And um, I'm really about your mission and uh, where you're going here and what this channel is all about. Awesome. Now, you do have a free giveaway, a free um, ebook that talks about this. Tell us a little bit about that. You we can give to everybody. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's for your listeners, um, how to get more money than you can ever handle, a real estate investor's guide to funding deals. So it goes hand in hand with exactly what we're talking about today. Uh, we'll put it up on our website. Um, if we can get it in the show notes, it'd be great. It's uh, doherdmoney.com backslash master dash passive dash income. So we wanted to make sure everybody knew those dashes are in there. So it's really just for your listeners. Um, and you can get a copy of that uh, book, which will help you understand this whole idea of how to get these deals funded, how to do these deals and how to get more money than you can ever handle a real estate investor's guide to funding deals. We sell it on Barnes and Noble, Borders, all that stuff for 27 bucks. You can get a free digital copy. That's awesome. I will absolutely put this in every description that we have. I'll have it on our um, show notes page as well. So you can download that or go to it and download it as well. So how else can anybody find you, Ryan, if they want to work with you with, with hard money or anything like that? Yeah, um, love to have you check out Income Hacker, um, our podcast and our website. And you can just head on over to dohardmoney.com um, and give us a call and see if we can help you with anything or add any value to what you're doing. Awesome. Ryan, it's been super informative. I hope people take advantage of this, even if they have plenty of money to get started or they don't have any money. This is a great opportunity to be able to get started investing. So you're awesome. Thank you very much for being here on the show. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, man. Thanks. Now, wasn't that fantastic? Ryan's showing us how to actually use hard money to then buy a property. That buy a property, refinance and pull the cash out, pay off the hard money, and then have an, an, an income producing asset, something that makes us money every single month. I want you to look at hard money as a way to actually get started. Now remember, text the word rental to 33777 so you can get started investing in real estate. I wanna see you get started right away. Check the description for all the goodies that we talked about inside this show. But you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for being a part of the Master Passive Income Show. I'll see you next week.